Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to Live and Bush. Live and Bush are hitting the road together this fall for the ultimate tour. Your chance to see them live with special guest Our Lady Peace is October 12th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. All right, PK, a weekend of college football in the books. And BYU's getting ready to make history, and the Pac-12 is wide open. That's our takeaway. Yeah, I think that the North is wide open. I still think Utah is the odds-on favorite in the South. You don't think the Oregon is the odds-on favorite in the North, though? No. Because their offense too limited. They can be had. Yeah, I just and four four teams in the division already have two losses, and the one with one loss is Oregon State. So Oregon at two and zero is sitting pretty. I guess they can squander it. There's seven games to go. I guess Arizona then at two and zero is sitting pretty. Well, they got a bunch of one loss teams behind them, so it's a little different. Yeah, regardless, <laughs> I think the standings matter. So a you, little bit. If you have a bunch of teams behind you, or if you just have one, that makes a big difference. Yeah, especially when we don't believe in the one. I think that's why I think Utah is the odds-on favorite in the South because I believe in Utah. It doesn't have to do with anything that's anything behind them. It's I it's I don't have that belief it's in more Oregon. Than, Not to say they right. can't do it. I just have stronger belief in the Utes than I do Oregon relative to their competition. I have a lot of faith in Utah. I just don't see anybody beating them. They're probably going to lose a game. Going forward, I can't tell you which one, but I think that they are looking the best. And does it seem like you can just put everybody in a hat and toss them up week to week and that's sitting here trying to figure out no, who's really I, got it going? I think that's too strong. Really? Yeah. Because Washington just looked great until they didn't. When did they look great? When they smoked USC and you were talking they about them last week. USC. I don't when think they, they okay. smoked SC. All right. When they beat SC and last week you were talking about them as a big hurdle. And then they didn't look like any kind of a hurdle. Right. They couldn't move the ball on Stanford. And yes, Stanford's defense looked great. And I said that after week one. And then Stanford got shredded three weeks in a row. Really, don't play man-to-man against USC. That's not going to work out well for you. I don't think Utah, or excuse me, Washington has shredded anybody. I don't think they've looked all that good. Yeah. Uh, and the non-conference games don't matter. I mean, those are the teams they shredded. They lost Cal by one. They beat SC by two TDs, and now they got the Stanford loss. Right. They're average. They're they're the biggest disappointment right right now. Losing to Stanford like they did is the biggest choke since Romney in 2012. <laughs> when you saw that tweet from our president, you thought we're radio gold for Monday. All right, biggest chokes, 2012, since 2012. Oklahoma City blowing a 3-1 series lead against the Warriors. The Warriors blowing a 3-1 series lead against the Cavs. Washington State blowing a 32-point lead against UCLA in the second half. The Bruins are 4-14 under Chip Kelly, and that's one of the four. And you're up by 32 at home. The biggest... Yikes! Choke since Romney in 2012. That was a choke. That man. was brutal. Brutal. I thought you guys were going to have one of your own as the president. I was excited for you. Yak, you're good at this game. You got a better memory than both of us put together. I just came up with three 
blown leads, choke scenarios. What have you got? You got anybody who collapsed? Who had it going and then it all fell well, apart? You want to go back to the British Open, John Vandeveld? If you want to do but that. since 2012. Since 2012. Yeah, you can't go back that far. PK okay. set the rules. You got anybody in I mind, PK? The, Trump set the okay. rules. I okay. didn't set okay. the so rules. So Trump set the rules at 2012. I <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. 2012. Give me a second here. I can come up with a couple. This is a presidential <laughs> order. Presidential seal of You start rule. at 2012 and move forward. You only forward. have to remember the last seven years, people. It, you don't have to go back. It's what he said. Yach wanted to go all time. All time, you're right. That would be up there. <laughs> Frank Dolce tried to go all-time, too. He went back to Greg Norman. But again, you're yes. going back to the 90s. That was like 96. Or 90, yeah. yeah. Wasn't Vanderbilt 99? 99. Yeah. Oh, no. This is... No, last seven years. Since 2012. Set the, he set the rules, man. The buck stops here. The buck stops here. <laughs> well, that was Truman, but you get the idea. <laughs> Hit us up. I know you can do it, Twitterverse. Yeah, Come on. Let me Who collapsed? Who blew it? The biggest choke since 2012. I went to high school football game once. This is just a few years back. Team that won the game was up. Quarterback throws a pick. They return it. And so now the team that lost the game is up, right? And they've got two minutes to run out the clock. So... They take two timeouts. The, 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 well, the defense uses the timeouts. So there's like uh, 10 seconds to go. So it's fourth down. They tell the quarterback, because now they're up, by, uh, they're up by six, right? They tell the quarterback to run backwards, to just run out the clock. Uh-oh, you can already see where this is going wrong. And if you get in trouble, just run out the back of the end zone, Right. So just try to run out the clock. You got like 30 yards to dance around, right? And then if you get in trouble, just run out the back of the end zone. We'll still be up by four. There'll be like two seconds left, and we'll punt the ball, right? So the kid does it. He gets inside the five. He's trying to run out the clock. Well, instead of running through the end zone, he runs parallel to the five-yard line. Somebody's going to get tackled and set up first and goal. He gets tackled at about the two. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. People not clear on the concept. Dude. <laughs> so the other team gets the ball. They're down four with like two seconds to go from the two. They turn around, hand the ball, big fullback. Fullback barges in. Yeah, plows into the end zone. Right. So now the the game is over, but they still and, and the crowd just empties, right? And the crowd empties and they give us sport unsportsmanlike, but they still gotta kick the extra point, right? Because you could actually block it and return it, right? And they're up by one. So now it's it's what? It's like a forty five yard extra point. They clear the field. Wait a minute. And so this team is now with that with that two yard touchdown run. They've taken the lead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just snap it and kneel down. Don't I know, but they it. didn't. They didn't. Oh, it's the opportunities. They All didn't. Right. They they went with the extra point, right? And, and like in the Beck to Harleen, that's what they did. They yeah. took the sack rather than risk the extra point being blocked, right? Uh, if you if you remember, yeah. I, I think Beck just took the snap and downed it. Kneel down. The game's over. Right. But, yeah. Well, they're yeah. So, but the high school kid's so fired up, he kicks a 45-yard extra, extra point probably by about 
70 yards and goes yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> Just rocket. <laughs> All the adrenaline in the world pumping yes. through. I got this, guys. Get out of my way. And parents of the losing team came over the fence and started confronting the coaches out on the field. What were you doing? Because they had it. They had this game. Now, this wasn't even a varsity game, by the way. Oh, really? No. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it was not. It was not a varsity game. Uh, but that, and that's since 2012, I think. It, it, was a, it was a massive choke. I don't remember this game. Maybe you do. Uh, National League Division Series, Cardinals and Dodgers, five years ago, 2014. The Dodgers were up 6-1 in the sixth and blew it and lost 10-9. Massive baseball comeback. Yeah, I do. You do remember that? He Matt Carpenter there. was like hitting home runs left and right. And yeah, I think Kershaw was in that game. Yeah, they had a they had a huge lead, and the Cardinals came back, and, and they won that they won that ball game. Yeah. I do remember you going nuts about this because it was your guy Ned Yost, the Royals and the Astros in 2015. And they were down 6-2 in the 7th, and they scored 7 times and won 9-6. All right. Looking for more collapses. Biggest chokes. Big chokes. Says Romney here. choked the presidential election in 2012. Jason's got a good one here that I should have come up with. Right off the president tweeted that out over the weekend. If you somehow missed that, and I don't know how you would have, but if you did. Jason. Jason, what have you got for us? There's no bigger choke than when the Falcons choked against the Patriots. Ah, the Super Bowl. So you got Romney and the Falcons. Who's the bigger choke? Falcons. Yeah, but it was against the Patriots, man, and Tom Brady. It's not like it was against uh, Pittsburgh and Roethlisberger to use as a team. It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady, man. I mean, yeah. he's an old, he's but with the, the old timer. But it was twenty-eight yeah, to three exactly. in the middle of the Come third on. quarter. It was Come Tom on. Brady at a twenty-five point lead? Does Belichick and Brady go down as the best quarterback coach combo ever? I think it's already. I think it has to be. I think it's, yeah, I think it's already there. Yeah. So you lost to the. That's like saying the Jazz choked. Did they choke losing to Jordan? The greatest. He's Jordan. The GOAT. You had the greatest all-time coach in Phil Jackson. You had the greatest all-time player in MJ. So, no. It's preseason basketball. I just saw it. It was a fluke. I saw it on Twitter. So, the Warriors are in their new arena, and Steph Curry pulls up to try and hit the first hoop, apparently, from like 30 feet, and he shoots an air ball. Against the Lakers. And Twitter goes nuts. The Lakers are receiving, I'm already sick of. Twitter goes nuts. Well, was the game on the line? Was it game seven where they down by two and all that kind of stuff going nuts? So Curry's been to the finals three times and has won two titles, and he's a loser and deserves all the hate in the world on Twitter. I thought of you quitting Twitter last Friday. It's like Curry's just getting blasted. And maybe it was partly tongue-in-cheek, but there is a lot of resentment of the Warriors, so I was taking it at face value, to be honest with you. And I'm thinking, well, there's LeBron, and he gets blasted because he's been in the finals, is it nine times now? I think he's been nine times and won three. So he's three and six in finals. Unless he's three and five, but I think he's three and six. But he gets blasted. It really comes down to, I thought, I thought Magic Magic went to nine finals. He was five and four. 
I think yeah, Bird was but, three and two in finals. But I think they're recognized as receiving somewhat of a pass because they had to LeBron's go against each losing other. to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. And Bird is losing, losing to Magic twice. Yeah. And Magic lost to Bird once. And to Jordan once. But I think it really comes down to Jordan six and oh and he just spoiled everybody. If you're not six and oh, get out, you bum. Because Curry, LeBron, Bird, Magic, you wish your team had any one of those guys. But they're bums. I mean, Twitter was just going nuts because he shot an air ball in the preseason. That's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And there's no way Romney should have lost. If he would have run a better campaign, which I didn't pay a look of attention to. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just thought it was humorous. <laughs> I think incumbents have won 11 of the last 13 times they run. So if you run against an incumbent, the odds are you're going to get beat. Something to keep in mind for 2020. But let's stay in our lane and stick to sports, people. No. Oh, okay. DJ and PK, when we come back, everything we've been talking about in this show. Something about the Utes, something about the Cougars, something about the Aggies, and possibly something about the Jazz in the NBA. Oh, that's a little shaky because that was, well, it was Adelaide and they were wildly overmatched. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The new AP Top 25 poll features Utah in the number 15 spot up two weeks. On a bye week, they climb two spots. Alabama and Clemson are 1-2. Ohio State and Georgia are tied for third. Monday Night Football features the Browns and the Niners. San Francisco, one of two undefeated teams in the NFL, the last undefeated team in the NFC. They're 3-0. That game's 6-15 on ESPN, and you can listen to it on the Zone Sports Network. The only undefeated team in the AFC is now the New England Patriots. They beat Washington 33-7. Washington fires coach Jay Gruden in an early meeting this morning. The Patriot defense is giving up, on average, a little less than seven points per game through five weeks. Major League Baseball, four playoff games today. Starts at 11 a.m. with the Astros and the Rays on the MLB Network. The Braves up 2-1 on the Cardinals. Try to wrap up the series, 1 o'clock on TBS. Dodgers up 2-1 on the Nationals. Try to wrap up that series at 440 on TBS. And the Yankees try to sweep the Twins tonight at 640 on FS1. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Cerngo Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Cerngo Networks. Cerngo is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number is 385-420-7881. That's Cerngo Networks. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Joining us now in studio, the new president of the Utah Jazz, as well as uh, Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment. He's our good friend Jim Olson with us. Can you make a promise to our listeners, to all the jazz fans out there? We've heard it from Gail. We've heard it from Dennis. A promise that uh, you guys are doing everything you can to win a championship for this community? Absolutely. And Gordon, it's not only a, a promise. We believe it. We believe deep down inside we can win a championship, and we're not going to rest until we do that. Turn this up. Catch the big show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Latrell Sprewell, biggest choker of all time. Boom, roasted. <laughs> that 
is why we have an open mic on our app. That came in from Brett. Brett just tears that off, sends it in. But that was pre-2012. Yes, obviously. That's we're going so Romney years had that. the biggest choke job since Latrell Speedwell. Boom, roasted. According to our president. Boom, roasted. Boom, roasted. <laughs> no, Trump creates a dilemma when he bashes Romney. But if you're going to bash Trump, he's going to bash bash you. And now he's saying that Pelosi should be guilty of treason. I have no problem with 40-year politicians just being in there for 40 years and just racking up all sorts of millions. I mean, that's what, seem what, that's what elected office is about, you know, you'd think. But it, sure. actually, it actually is what it's about. <laughs> Google 60 Minutes, and don't worry, whoever your team is, they crush them. But don't worry, they crush the other team, too. They do a very good job of letting you know that everybody's getting rich back in Washington, D.C. Or... The Ukraine. They were focused on Washington, D.C. <laughs> but Trump's got to create a dilemma for you because you hate the Democrats, but Romney's your guy. And when Romney so bashes him and Trump bashes him, then you go back and forth. What do you do? So I was on Twitter on a Saturday. Man. And I was scrolling through it looking, you know, you're getting updates on all the games, video goofy plays and all that kind of stuff. That's where I saw that crazy kickoff in the Tulsa SMU game first. Yeah, and I like how this morning you said, man, there was two then, bizarre kickoffs I saw. I know, weekend, and then Frank get, came in and, and he only gave us one. Got <laughs> the other one was in, the, I had referenced it earlier, in, the, uh, in what is trending. The drop kick. The drop kick that they skied. Oregon State was playing UCLA, and they scored to go up 14-0, and there's a face mask on the touchdown run, so they're kicking off in midfield. So no kicking to you. The guy does a drop kick. And he throws it out in front of him and spins it. Mm-hmm. And it, it lands on its side and pops straight in the air. And on its way up, he kicks it. And that thing went so high. And when it comes down, UCLA doesn't try to catch it. It's between the 25 and 30. And it lands. And again, it lands without hitting the, you know, if the nose had been a little bit of an angle, it could have gone any which way. But it lands, it goes straight in the air. And it, went, it looked like it went at least 15, 20 feet in the air. I mean, it was, again, it was a huge hop. And so then they're all jumping for it, like a restart. I don't know what they call it in rugby, but when they restart in rugby and they slam the ball off the ground, everyone jumps for it. And it's one of those deals. And it was jumping for it, and the Oregon State kid went up and got it. And so it had the impact of an onside kick at the 27. He threw a touchdown pass on the next play, and we're up 21 nothing. There you go. So that and the Tulsa SMU game where they kicked off and they took a funky hop and the two players were afraid to pick it up and then a guy comes racing downfield on the kick cover team and he dives on it right at the goal line and it's a touchdown. It's unbelievable. So there you go. There's your two. College football, your takeaway from a crazy night in the Pac-12 with Stanford dominating Washington. Washington had nothing going except for the 42-yard touchdown pass to Brighton High's Simi Fajoko. They had that. Yeah? No, I just went backwards. What? Sorry, I got, I got wrong receiver, wrong team. Simi yeah, Fajoko yeah. is the Brighton kid who went to Stanford. Correct. For the winning touchdown, yes. Washington got it was a tight end. Nakua out of um, Orem. Got my, I, got my, I got my Utah wide receivers that went to Pac-12 schools backwards. So Simi, Simi got the touchdown, and they got the win. So Stanford making Washington look decidedly average. They went from 15th in the country to out of the top 25. So they only got uh, three schools now ranked in the... Oregon is 13. Utah is 15. And who am I leaving out? Am I leaving out ASU? Your Sun Devils. Your Devils. Devils. Where are they? 18. USC's out. 
Washington's out. Wazoo is out. Yeah, I think Oregon and Utah will stay in. I think the Devils could stay in. They're a little bit of a paper tiger, but they, they Utah, could stay Oregon, in. the most likely Pac-12 title game. Now we'll probably just end up changing this every week or two. Uh, sure. I, I, or we lock down on this one now. This I'm, is it. We well, lock down I on this would, one for the rest of the season. I would think so. I don't think there's anybody in the South worthy at this point. The Devils next year, year after, if they, if they got to eight wins this year, that would be a tremendous accomplishment for those guys. What ASU and Cal have in common is a really good defense. Do you have just enough offense to get it done? You go to Oregon, you're Cal, you go to Oregon and give up 17 points, that's another good defensive performance, but your offense just isn't good enough with monster quarterback to get it done. If the Devils have to score 30, they're in trouble, which is the only game they lost. If If they have to score 30, it's going to be hard for them. If they can keep it in the 20s or in the teens... Maybe they can pull it off. They... Well, they're undefeated in that situation. After they have to score 35, they're 0-1-1. Which just makes me think they're going to lose this week. Who have they got this week? Washington State. You figuring Washington State bounce back game here? Changed the defensive coordinator, had a bye week? Uh, not so much that, just I think their offense is going to be better. Anything else from college football this weekend? Stunned, shock, and amaze you. We had Gary Anderson on. A lot of missed opportunities at LSU. Now, admittedly, they might be a really, really good football team. I think they are a really good football team. I think that trying to pick four teams this year might be the most difficult that they've ever had because you've obviously got the two top dogs in Clemson and Alabama. Then you look at Georgia and Ohio State. And they're Oklahoma? right there. But, yeah, that's what I say. So you got those four. Then you can go Oklahoma, LSU, Florida. The, so at least the SEC sorts. Like seven, eight teams. The SEC sorts itself out because they'll beat each other up. Uh, to a I mean, degree, but, but just 14... one loss. I don't think that if you lose a couple of points to one of these teams, each other, does that move you out of it? I don't know that it necessarily does. But with Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, are you going to pick an SEC runner-up over a conference champ? Or, yeah, probably not. Or will but Clemson, Oklahoma, or Ohio State mess it up and make yeah, life easier? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If they stumble, what do they do? So, And I put Wisconsin in there, too. I mean, right now. I think you've got to put them in the mix, right? So i, I got like eight, nine teams <laughs> that, look, that look awesome. I don't think the Pac-12 has a snowball's chance to get in this year. I really don't. Even if the Utes were to run the table and be 12-1, and one, their strength of schedule isn't going to get them in over some of these other teams. Not when I just named nine teams, eight, nine teams right now that look really, really awesome. You're going to probably find four of those are going to be undefeated. And so two things. You've got the loss and your strength of schedule is weak. So those two things I don't think – but if Utah goes twelve and one and playing in the Rose Bowl, what are you complaining about? Losing to SC, not being thirteen and zero, and being in the playoff. I don't know. You get in either way, though. This year, yeah, I think at the end of the and maybe it'll be a weird year. But the last time there were three undefeated teams in the power leagues was two thousand four. So for us to be I sitting get here it. thinking there'll be four, I get, of I, them. I get it. But man, they look, all those teams that I mentioned, and I can mention more than four. Who's well, who's beating them? Will well, Wake Forest beat Clemson? Clemson almost no. messed up a game this year. They didn't. They didn't. You're right. They didn't. But they almost did. So can a Wake Forest or a Virginia get them? No. 
maybe so. I wouldn't mind it. Clemson had the 21-20 escape over North Carolina to get to 5-0. and Now, Wisconsin and Ohio State, man, they'll probably one of them will beat the other in the final, right? Well, there's four unbeaten teams in the Big Ten right now. Uh, yeah, and I'm but, what but am I doing with Penn State? I'm just kind of casting them aside. <clears throat> and that's that's a pretty good test for Ohio State coming up, I would think. Right. That's But in my mind, I I so, don't have them up there even though they deserve to be up in there. In the East, Penn State and uh, Ohio State 6 and 0 and Penn State's 5 and 0. Yeah. Michigan's 4 and 1, although that was less than convincing watching them grind out that win over Iowa. Which was undefeated themselves, right? right. Yeah, Iowa dropped a 4-1 and with that loss. Yeah. Michigan got 10 points early, made a stand-up, and won 10-3. That was a and snoozer. It, it was a snoozer. But at this point in the Harbaugh regime... It comes. But it, it was. But at this point in the Harbaugh era, he's had problems winning big games. Wins a wins a win. It, who cares what it looked like? They won it. But Ohio State and Penn State in the East are undefeated, and Minnesota and Wisconsin in the West are undefeated. And Wisconsin has just been annihilating teams. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think their average score is like 43 to 6 or something like that. I mean, they're just crushing. So I think people. You, they're on the second tier of unbeatens. Right. Because their big win is Michigan, and I don't know that people really believe in Michigan. And other than that. No, but they'll get their chance. Yeah, they will. They've got uh, Michigan State this week, and they got Ohio State at the end of the month. So. There you go. They'll so have those an two, opportunity. Those two will play, and then so, there's uh, a uh, chance they'll play again. I would think there's a good chance they'll play again. Baylor's undefeated. We don't know how good Baylor is, but Oklahoma's got to play Baylor, and there's Oklahoma's a chance they got to play him again. Crap out of everybody. They are. They are. But they got to play Baylor in Texas. And our guy Matt goes. Wells beats that was good. The do that was good. Texas Tech. The hairdo. Yep. The mullet. That was a big win. I mean, but it's so bushy in the back. I don't know that it is a mullet. That's what he keeps saying it is. Yeah, I think of mullets being a little thinner in the back. His is yeah. He's got it starts and gets yeah. bushier as it goes. Yeah. Yes, he's got a full head of hair. I know, his, but it, it just gets in his fifties all the way in the back, and it gets so thick and curly in the back. It just cracks me up. Well, you could ask him if Tebow Piggins left a. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna ask that dude anything. Haircut coupon for him. A little want, gift certificate. I want him to snap. Well, I'll, I'll never have any reason to talk to him. But I was I was rooting for Matt Wells. All right, that was the weekend in uh, college football. And SMU, how about that? Didn't know if SMU would ever be good again. 6-0. and First time since 1982. They're ranked. They are ranked. They need triple overtime to beat Tulsa, but they got it done. Got the death penalty. It's taking a little while to come back from that. The only one. Yep. Well, I, I see no reason why they don't give it to the U of A. For the basketball scandal? It's just because of the U of A. For everything. <laughs> got a question up on Facebook. We've got a lot of responses. Keeps pouring in. In the same week, an African-American spoke in general conference for the first time. Another was started QB for BYU for the first time. How about that? Now we're getting multiple people who say this is not the first African-American to speak at General Conference. Well, according to the D-News and those sisters in Zion, those other black folk were not American. Aha! So I didn't say the first black person. Right. So the first African-American. Now, I don't know. I, I saw it in the D-News. 
And you figure they're going to get that right. And that Sisters in Zion thing, I clicked on that thing, and they said it. So maybe they're wrong. And I ain't going to go double-check that fact. I'm going to take it at face value that he's the first. What's, it, what's, what's his first name? It's his last name Johnson, right? Yeah, Johnson. I look up the first name. Did he play hoop at uh, Southern Utah? Something like that. <gasps> And his do- does his daughters play hoop down there too? Joseph Sataki spoke in 2009, but apparently he was not African American. He's got part of it right. He but was, he was born. Eric says he was born in Africa. Well, Peter M. Johnson. Peter M. Johnson. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's crap for those folks. And go look at the, the. I read the thing in Twitter. That means a lot to 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 black folk. May not mean jack to us, especially if you're not even LDS. But it it means something to them, and I'm happy for them. You'll like this, PK. Elder Johnson received a PhD in accounting from Arizona State University. I knew I loved the dude. (laughs) (laughs) Figured you'd like that one. His PhD, no less. We put out doctors. Dr. Johnson. And he was a basketball you don't, player you don't get, Utah. You don't, you don't get credit for being pre-med on Friday nights. <laughs> you don't. Dr. Johnson. The doctors I knew it, work. man. He shows up here a sun devil. How about that? Not only is the first African-American who's general authority speaking in your church, he's a sun devil. We got the first openly sun devil mayor. How about that? We're breaking ground left and right. Sun devils everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of sad. <laughs> you got me? I'm the first sun devil to have his own talk show, sports talk show, right? Gosh, I hope What's so. What's the mayor's name? Jackie something? Biskupski. Biskupski. Sun devil? Right? Correct. And then the gal across the street here who does the talk show on KSL. Debbie. Sun devil? Ah. Did you know that? Debbie Jujanovic. Sun devil? Nope, didn't know it. Elder Johnson? Nope, Dr. Johnson? We're not going to name all the Sun Devils. <laughs> it's not good radio. Hey. So we... Uh, yes, go ahead. Former governor? Possibly current gov- future governor? His wife? MKH? Okay, Sun Devil. Mary Kay Huntsman? Sun Devil? Thought she was a youth. Look it up. She's got both. Got degrees from both. Irregardless, once a sun devil. Yeah, check that out for me. She was on, uh, wasn't she on our show years ago? Said she was a sun devil? At the road home? Didn't she come in and, and sat down with us? Maybe. I don't know. It's all a blur. We've been doing it for years. I know. Mary Kay Huntsman enrolled at the University of Utah, where she worked as a dental assistant. Then she transferred to Arizona oh, State so it's University. Both. It's both. Right, both you get you, you get a little get your feet wet, then you go to a real institution. She majored there in family and consumer studies. <laughs> that was too obvious. PK. That was like Utah's going to get treated like the JV in this conversation. Okay, so the point with Jaron Hall getting the start. This was uh, we, we took a little bit of heat for this this morning. PK. Of course, because they're all upset. They're nervous about ta- not upset. They're just nervous. He's the first African American is going to start a quarterback for BYU. That's groundbreaking. 
So that's a positive for BYU. I think it's a Why would people be sensitive about this? This is great news. It, it, well, they are sensitive because we took a lot of negativity. I think if you've ever talked to people who have to recruit, we just had Gary Anderson talking about recruiting. It's Utah State, not BYU, so it's a little different. But it's still the state of Utah, and we got a rep. And he said, if you get people on campus, all that stuff goes away. Acknowledging that, yes, he does have to deal with negative recruiting about race and how you're going to fit in socially if you're an African-American kid coming from Texas or California or wherever. But he said, if you get kids and a decision maker, whether that's a mom, a dad, a grandparent, a coach, whoever, you get them on campus with a kid, all of that goes away. So now if Jeff Grimes or A-Rod or whoever on the BYU staff hears this, they can say, that's not true. His dad played here. His dad settled in the community. That's why he oh, is here. Yeah. And now he's yeah, here. Good point. good point. And now he's here. Why don't you come and see what they saw because the family's been here. I, I haven't tracked him every minute of every day. I'm not stalking him, but I assume continuously for three decades. I know Kalen played in the early 90s. If They could have moved away and moved back, and I wouldn't know. He's lived here the entire time. But he has lived here entirely? Yes. Yeah, no, he didn't. Some people go to California for four years, and they're he's Arizona, yeah. and moved back. He, he okay. moved to your stadium. So, yeah. So now you got an assistant coach who can say, that's, I don't know where you're getting that, but that's not what it's like. The kid's dad played at BYU. They stayed here. He sent his son here. Why don't you come and see it for yourself and stop taking everybody else's word? You take a negative, you turn it into a positive, and you get an on-campus visit out of it. Yeah, but that's white people being sensitive about race. White people crack me up sometimes. All right. But how does college football recruiting really work? I thought we are a sports show, and I thought we got BYU fans listening who want to win, who want more talent. This could potentially... Help open, no one thing does everything, potentially help open a recruiting pipeline a little more. Get some kids you weren't going to get 10 years ago. Even if it doesn't, it's still cool. Right, you're right. All right, DJ and PK. That's what we've been talking about during this show. And it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. It's a football <laughs> Friday. Ron McBride and Alema Harrington. So we're playing Cal Berkeley. I mean, we're just kicking their, their butt. Right there you now. go. Good. Good. <laughs> good, good check swing. That was well, good. Well, yeah, I cleaned up my language. <laughs> yeah, nobody believes that, Coach, but good job. <laughs> so then they said, okay, Ronnie Veal, you're up. Okay. Yeah. Goes in, throws a pick, right? Oh, Lloyd, you got to dump that. Take that back. I'd rather rather you say the first word than that one. You just made this declaration to to the radio world. You sound like Scotty describing what's on our table. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you threw a pick. Yeah, Yeah, very much better. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, I am a BYU fan, and the greatest choke that we've seen around here lately is that game against the Utes last year. BYU should have won that game with that score going into the third quarter, or late in the third quarter. What a joke. Time for your feedback. And it's brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or com. Yeah. Twitter, Jay Drew, just tweeting it out in the what? last minute. What? 
Camera angle was bad, audio in and out, and Coach Strong's comments were shortened to the point, but I think he said that USF senior quarterback Blake Barnett won't be available to play against BYU Saturday due to high ankle sprain. Freshman quarterback John McLeod led the win at UConn. John McLeod, the old Suns coach? No, not that John McLeod. <laughs> Pretty sure he's out of eligibility. He's dead, too. <laughs> uh, it's Jordan McLeod. You said John McLeod. I know, that's what the tweet said, but I just clicked on their page to see his stats. Jordan McLeod, completing 56% of his passes. Since Jage went to the D News, his accuracy's taking a hit. That's that's why we're the watchdog. Seven touchdowns and four picks. Yeah, I thought Barnett got benched anyway. And he's been sacked 14 times. Yeah, he got benched earlier. Hey, BYU, how about this? Freshman quarterback who throws picks and gets sacked. Now, you're starting a guy who's making his first start, and McLeod's got a little bit. looks like he's played a couple games here. 75 attempts. I'd assume that's over two games. That's a wash. Exactly. (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance. There should be a chance irregardless. He's played in uh, every game, but he's played quite a few snaps in the last three games. Right, because Barnett has been... jettisoned to the sideline, so who cares where what level ankle sprain he has? You're going with John McLeod. Ah, he's got a high ankle sprain. We're going with the freshman and going with the future. Jordan McLeod. All right, we'll have more on Jordan McLeod and South Florida and BYU later in the week. Right now, it's time for Tony and Austin to take over, and we will see you tomorrow from 6 to 10 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.